This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. This is The Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network. Hi, guys. Thank you for listening to The Bonfire Podcast this week. Week number... 43. I don't know why I'm starting to count the weeks now. Perhaps because within less than 10 weeks, it'll be a year since the bonfire has been on the Blaze Radio Network. And I can't believe it's already almost been a year. That's crazy. I was very much worried back in the day when I started. What am I going to talk about? Can I talk that long? Can I do four segments, all different topics, and have the, the patience in the words to be able to do that kind of show. And you know what? Just like with many things, I say it just comes with experience. Am I the greatest at this? Hell no. Of course not. (laughs) I'm still learning. That's the great part, though, is life is all about learning. You keep learning. Do you ever really, truly become a master at something? Like, you've got it like the back of your hand? Maybe. But I would say that takes a lifetime to do. So if you find something that you're passionate about and you enjoy, whether it's a hobby or your job, well then, yeah, you got to put the time into it. And you just got to keep going. There are going to be days you think, ugh, that was terrible. But hey, keep going. So what? Experience and time, I think, can give you a whole lot. So for me, for only a year doing a podcast, I feel much more comfortable than I ever did before. And there's still a long way to go, rest assured. But I'm excited about that. I like to be able to improve and grow over time to see maybe a vague goal to say, oh, I think it's going to end up over there. But let's just t- let's take a baby step. Let's keep going one thing at a time, one day at a time. So for this week's show, I want to talk about a movie, uh, a trailer, really, that I saw that kind of changed my perspective about the movie. You know, I saw the first trailer and I thought, eh, looks okay. I might go see it, maybe not, eh. I was apathetic. Then I saw the second one and said, oh, okay, I think uh looks a little more interesting. I think I might have to go see it. I'll know probably what I'll be getting when I go into it. Then I started reading a little bit more about it, and I thought, whoa, okay. Now I think I'm definitely going to go see it. The movie is called Kong Skull Island, so King Kong. <laughs> and we all remember 2005... When King Kong, directed by Peter Jackson, came out, you know, the guy who directed Lord of the Rings. And he did a great job with those movies. 
he did a fantastic job, and I've talked about that here before. <laughs> they are my favorite movies of all time. And I thought, hey, when it comes out in 2005, oh, uh, King Kong, directed by Peter Jackson. Oh, I'll go see it, because he's a good guy. He's a good director. He knows what he's doing. I did. I did go see it. But, oh, my God, it was three and a half hours, I think. Let me verify that real quick. But I do remember the the beginning, the prologue, if you want to call it that, I think took a solid hour before they were even taking their first steps on the island. And, you know, that's what everyone's there for. Come on. We all want to see King Kong. We want to see the island and the uh, uh, the natives. That's the kind of thing we want to see. Let's see. Uh, yep, came out in 2005. Peter Jackson. Budget was $200 million. And the box office made half a billion. Okay, so it, it made money. It says 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm, that's higher than I was expecting. But, um... Let's see what their information here. It would seem... Yeah, the first hour just took forever. And even as a kid, I was thinking like, okay... When are we going to get to the island? That was my one of my main problems with the movie, was you took a long time to kind of, you know, get the first wheel turning at all. So to me, to make the movie even better, it would be to cut that down dramatically into like a 10-minute prologue, which could be done. Just sort of kind of jump into it already, be on the island. Then you can do things with flashbacks and say like, oh, flashback, how did I first get on this boat? to this island and make it a quick little, you know, serial or uh, segment. You don't need to actually walk me through an hour worth of introduction to kind of get to know some of the characters, some who are just going to die quickly once they get to the island, so it means nothing. And then just say, look, I came here to see King Kong. I didn't come here to see a, a love story between the main, uh, the main man and the woman, Naomi Watts. So, Adrian Brody, there's his name. Movie, it says 187 minutes, so yeah, three hours. That's a three-hour movie. First hour just being set up. So, anywho, that one is what's fresh in my mind. So when I saw the first trailer for Kong, I thought, oh, geez, really? Hollywood doing another reboot. Surprise, surprise. But I watched it, and I thought, okay, looks kind of different. It looks like, first of all, this Kong is massive. Like, in the 2005, he... um could fit the woman in the palm of his hand, you know, so I'd say maybe he was 50 to 100 feet tall, max. It would seem in this movie, Kong, Skull Island, that he's going to be several hundred feet, maybe over a thousand feet. Yeah, he's a massive gorilla. So that's different. And I thought, okay, that's kind of interesting. He's a lot bigger, which is a lot more intimidating. And it has, what's his name in it? Uh, Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> and I saw that, and then I had Samuel L. Jackson. And I was kind of like, all right, this seems more comedic. I don't consider Tom Hiddleston to be a super serious actor. I guess that's only because I've seen him in the uh, Marvel movies. So I could be wrong. But was not very impressed with the first trailer. Second trailer came around, I saw that, and then started doing some research, and I found out, Ooh, okay, this is bigger than I imagined. This is different. Here's why. Apparently, this is the second installment in the production studio's Godzilla Kong film series. <laughs> so, Godzilla, I think, came out maybe three or four years ago, and I think that had Brian Cranston in it for a little bit. And, you know, I actually liked that movie. I didn't think it was too bad. 
There was the old, maybe it was 1999 or 2000 movie Godzilla. And I forget the main character's name. He was in uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Him. I saw that and thought, eh. Even as a little kid, I thought, nah, that wasn't that great. So, again, to see a Godzilla remake in 2012, I thought, oh, jeez, another reboot. But I gave it a chance. I watched it, and I was pleasantly surprised. I guess because I had low expectations when I got average. Like, oh, okay, that was, that was not bad. And I was pleasantly surprised. So, Godzilla came out first. Now, here's Kong Skull Island that's kind of introducing part two in a parent, in a parent series. Because there's going to be Godzilla 2... I believe it's going to be 2019, they say. And then Godzilla versus uh, King Kong 2020, I think. So, yeah, apparently now they're going to start combining some of these massive, you know, creatures, monsters. I, I thought that's pretty cool. There you go. That's a little bit different. That's enough of a difference from what Hollywood has been doing with so many reboots and just, you know, sequels. I'm like, oh, okay. Then I would g- I'd give it a shot. So I will go see Kong Skull Island, which, uh, let's see, it looks like it comes out in March next year. So I'll give that a chance, and just like I gave Godzilla a chance, and then when 2019 and 2020 come around, I'll probably give those a chance too, because that would be kind of cool, I think, to see Godzilla versus King Kong. That'd be something different that my generation certainly hasn't seen. Maybe there was a movie in the 1930s that did something about that. But I do give Hollywood a little bit of props for being a little bit more original and not so, you know, stupid, (laughs) for lack of a better word, with simple reboots and lame sequels. So, with that being said, let me just go ahead and play the trailer here for Kong Skull Island, and, you know, I'll let y'all decide. These are photos of an island in the South Pacific. The place where myth and science meet. We use explosives to shake the earth, helping us to map the surface of the island. You're dropping bombs. Scientific instruments. Is that a monkey? that thing was out here i'm sorry for your man colonel but if you want to make their sacrifice worthwhile get us home with proof monsters exist your friend there can put that down what the hell is this place that's calm he's king around here Kong's pretty good, King. Keeps to himself, mostly. Well, you don't go into someone's house and start dropping bombs unless you're picking a fight. Kong's God on the island, but the devils live below us. And what are they called? I call them skull crawlers. Why? I never said that name out loud before. It sounds stupid now that I say Just, you call them whatever you want.
is a good group of boys. We're all gonna die together out here. <laughs> you shouldn't have come here. All right. Well, yeah. If you watch the trailer, it certainly adds a whole other element than just listening to it here. It looks like it's going to be a lot of monsters versus monsters. Okay. I could get behind that. Because, like, in 2005, it was King Kong versus humanity. Okay, well, when I thought here, Kong Skull Island was going to be, uh-oh, they're just trying to capture him again, take him from the island, and then all hell breaks loose. Okay, I've seen that before. But that doesn't seem to be what they're doing here. It's possible that at the same time, well, this happened in the 1970s, according to the script. So possibly what's going to happen is they find King Kong in the 70s, and then Godzilla, which came out in 2012, and that was very much a modern uh, storyline, that somehow... Godzilla is going to make an appearance in Godzilla 2 and then bump into King Kong and then they'll have their own movie where they fight together. I don't know. And then there's all these other creatures, like he said, the skull crawlers or crushers, that maybe they're going to be the problems. And Godzilla was definitely fighting their own creatures in his movie. And at the end of the movie, they're like, oh, he saved us. Godzilla saved us. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. Um, <laughs> I do not consider Godzilla to be a hero. Uh, I wouldn't call him a villain either. He's just a s stupid creature. But anywho, the show, uh, the series here, it seems like they're trying to have a different element. That humanity's kind of stuck in the middle, and they're kind of watching, like, uh-oh, what do we do? And then Godzilla saves the day. King Kong saves the day. And then they fight one another. Okay, all right. I'll give it a shot. It certainly looks epic. Let's see what the, uh movie budget here is for Kong Skull Island. This is 190 million. Okay. It's pretty high. Obviously it's all special effects and some of these uh stars. Hiddleston, Samuel L. Jackson, John Goodman, Brie Larson, yeah. I would say John C. Riley. That they all asked for a pretty penny, of course, to be paid. So yeah, that's why they would need 190 million dollars for this one movie. So I will give it a shot in March and I'll see how this apparent series, which I had no idea they were trying to do that but that does pique my interest. That does make me say, okay, so there is a plan. I'm willing to spend a few theater tickets to to see how you know the production company wants to uh, tell this story. Okay, It's not just a Kong reboot from 2005. They're going to try to put it into a whole new storyline. Okay, good deal. Bonfire says, good job, Hollywood, for finally doing something different. This is The Bonfire, on demand, on the Blaze Radio Network. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and, and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. 
This is The Bonfire, on demand, on the Blaze Radio Network. Here's your host, Andrew Herzog. All right, a little uh, article I found here on Medium by, I believe, David Kadavi. Kadavi, how about that? Kadavi. David Kadavi. He says, find your now, and you'll never procrastinate again. That sort of piqued my interest because I am currently in the middle of, you know, switching jobs, you know, different departments where I work, and trying to tackle relationships, family and friends, girlfriend, and getting enough sleep that I need, and eating properly, you know, the day-to-day problems that people face and have to regularly tackle. So that meant, all of a sudden, (laughs) I needed to kind of redo my schedule. And I'm very much a person who is off the cuff, doesn't plan. I hate planning. It just stresses me out. So I like to be in the moment and just sort of go with the flow. But I can't afford to do that anymore since there are only so many hours in the day and there are obligations I have to meet and then also just people and things I want to do to better myself and to have a little fun, to loosen up. So you got to be able to balance it all, right? So I'm starting to have to figure out a way to schedule my day (laughs) and practically have a freaking calendar, (laughs) which I don't do. I go one week at a time at the max. I say, all right, well, Monday I need to go to work. Wednesday is work and Thursday is work. And that's about it. And then sometimes I'll say, oh yeah, Thursday night I'm going to a Stars game. Uh, Tuesday night I'll go on a date or I'm having a guy guy night with my buddies and we're going to go play poker. And it's really loose. I'll say, yeah, it's sometime in the evening and I don't think about it until I realize it's time to go. So my mind is very, has been very much accustomed to just thinking in the moment and looking, all right, what, what time is it now? What do I need to be doing? I can't, I can't afford to do that anymore. I need to have the day scheduled out to say, hey, at noon, I need to be doing this. Or at two, I should be doing that and be in bed by a reasonable time so I get seven, eight hours of sleep, which is what I need. And that's what, that book that I gave a, a quick review of a few weeks ago, The Power of Now, I believe, and then the power of when, and it's all about your, you know, chronotype, your sleep scheduling. Some people require more sleep than others. Me, I think I'm someone who needs seven to eight to really function at the, the highest level that I possibly can. Anything less than that, I feel pretty groggy, possibly in a bad mood, you know, whatever. But as long as you know that about yourself and you know that about others, then I think you're actually able to get along and be in the other guy's shoes and say, oh, okay, well, if he didn't sleep well last night, I totally understand how that could affect his performance today or his attitude today. And then it just, you know, shrug it off, rolls right off your back, and you don't hold grudges. Life is good. Trying to put yourself in the shoes of another person. Anywho, stupid little tangent there. Find your now, and you'll never procrastinate again. Uh, David here says, you might think that you have 24 hours in a day. Depending on how you think about it, you might be wrong. If you think there are 24 hours in a day to do all the things you want to do, you're inviting yourself to procrastinate. In reality, there is only now. Once you find your now, you'll never procrastinate again. He goes on to say, if you're hoping to get big, tough, mental, you know, taxing work done, you really only have a couple hours of deep work. And that is where you're actually really able to hone in mentally to whatever it is that you're doing, whatever your job is, whatever task you're trying to tackle, there are only a couple hours in your entire day that you're mentally at your peak and to really focus in and give it good quality attention and time and get a quality result. So that means 
you need to find out what time of day that is that you typically focus the best and do the best quality work. Because let's say it's midnight and you're really just trying to go to bed because you're exhausted and you're trying to do some uh, school project or some finishing up some work for your boss. Are you really going to do the best quality work at midnight? I don't know. Probably not unless you're someone who's used to staying up till 4 a.m. Whatever. That's up to you to figure out, well, what time of day am I normally awake and happy and I'm able to just focus on whatever it is that I'm doing. Find that time of day, and that's where you can do the important work and really focus on it and do the best that you can. So the key to killing procrastination is to arrange your time so your work rides the ebbs and flows of your energy. When you find your now, you do the right kind of work at the right time. So like I said, you don't try to do something deep and important at 1 a.m., unless that's your chronotype and that's how you function, which I would think most people aren't. But yeah, when you wake up in the morning, is that really the best time to try to communicate with your boss? Like right out of bed, start emailing and making phone calls? Probably not. Maybe you should just wake up, get the sleep out of your eyes, get some food in your system, take a shower, go for a quick walk around the neighborhood, wake yourself up and say, okay, well now I'm mentally alert. Now I'm awake. I ate. My body's starting to get the blood flowing for the day. Feeling good now. Now I'll drive into work and then I will start coordinating with my boss and my coworkers. Okay, whatever. Find it is what you got to do. He says you can't find this overnight. Here is a training progression that you can use toward a procrastination-free schedule. So start on one of these steps that just feels easy. Number one, use the 10-minute hack. If you can't stop checking Twitter, email, and Facebook, make a habit of working 10 minutes without stopping. This will carve the neural pathways for focus and action. So yeah, if you're kind of someone like me who is in the media or just has a short attention span and you're always kind of bouncing around, then do the 10 minute test. Just say, all right, I'm going to sit here for 10 minutes. Let me put the phone on the other side of the room and mute it or turn it off. And I'm going to get away from the computer, everything that I'm normally doing. And here is a piece of work that I need to do. Let me just sit here and see if I can't do it for just 10 minutes without being distracted. Try 10 minutes. And if you need to, you could probably do five. You got to start somewhere. It's okay to start at the very bottom. If you're really trying to beat procrastination and change yourself, it's okay to take a little baby step. You can't just jump right into it and change the world, okay? Or yourself. Build the habit first. Number two, identify your most important deep work, whatever it is that, you know, needs to be done and you're able to really focus in. Build a ridiculously easy habit out of it. So if you're a writer, publish a 100-word article every day. Sounds too easy? That's the point. So build the habit first. If you want to work out, Start in the morning doing 10 push-ups and say, cool, I did that. The next day, you could be like, all right, let's try 11. And then maybe one day you're feeling really good. You say, all right, let's do 15, and then I'll do some sit-ups. Whatever. Build the habit first, and it, like I said, you can start at the very, very bottom. There's no shame in that. Perfectly fine. Follow the first hour rule, number three. If mornings happen to not be the best time for your work, pick a different hour of the day. Put it on your schedule. Focus on your deep work for one hour per day. So if that's if you're a writer, pick a time in the afternoon if you find that that's the best time you actually focus. Then say, all right, I'm going to write for an hour, or I'm going to work out for an hour. I'm going to uh, work the stock market this afternoon at 3 o'clock. I'm going to sit there at the computer and get on the phone, do whatever it is I need to do to read the information and the articles that I need to make my investment um, portfolio and make some decisions here. Let me just focus and hone in in the afternoon and do it for one hour. So 
just pick one hour of the day that you feel is best suited for you in the type of thing you want to do. And finally, number four, build a weekly routine, not a daily one. And as you cultivate your deep work, you'll start to notice how your capacity fluctuates throughout the week. So build your week accordingly. For example, if you get an email from someone on a Monday, maybe answer it on a Friday. Because if it's an unimportant email, you don't need to respond to it right this very second. So the weekly routine of saying, let's say Friday afternoons, I will answer all my superfluous emails. People saying like, hey, how you doing? You're like, okay, well, I can't. There's other work I really need to be doing right now. I have other priorities. I'm just going to make a note and I will handle that Friday afternoon. Or, hey, you know, today's Wednesday. How about Tuesday or uh, Thursday? I will respond to this phone call and I'll, you know, be able to invest my time and energy into that conversation. I just can't do it right now. Okay, so build a weekly routine that you realize on this particular day, it seems I tend to do this. So I will tackle this kind of problem on that day and then I'm more easily able to get it done. All about that self-discovery, okay? Use your 10-minute hack. Just try to do 10 minutes of work. See if you can do that without being distracted. Build the habit first. Write 100 words a day if you're a writer. Something real small, real basic. Do the first hour rule where you pick one hour of the day that you're able to really focus on the, the work that matters. Or build a weekly routine saying, on this particular day is when I tend to do this. So I will handle this task on a Wednesday evening. Or I will do that task on a Saturday morning. This progression eliminates procrastination by giving you easy goals that reduce overwhelm and they build toward a schedule where there is only now to do your work. Once you find your now, you'll never procrastinate again. There it is from Dan, Dan, not Dan, David, Kadavi, Kadavai, Kadavai, whatever. David, thank you. Nice short little article, but with some pretty good advice, I think, that'll help me with my particular schedule and trying to you know, build habits. I want good habits. And to build good habits, you really do have to start at the bottom and slowly build them over time. So you got to devote that time to it. Things don't just happen overnight. And if it's really, truly important to you, then you will put in the hours or weeks or years that it'll take to get it done. But don't worry. Everybody else is doing the same thing. (laughs) For those who are shooting for goals, there is no shortcut. There's no quickie way to do it. No. Just sticking with it, and staying focused. The Bonfire, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something, and progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. This is The Bonfire On Demand on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, now a movie that I want to talk about is with Liam Neeson. And in general, I I like him. I think he's pretty good. Pretty good in his movies. Like Taken. I gave a review of that earlier on another podcast. This one... It's called The Gray, <laughs> and I feel like most people don't know about this one. It was pretty, it flew under the radar, I feel. It came out in 2011. It's based on a book called Ghost Walker by Ian Mackenzie Jeffers, and the first time I saw the movie, 
I thought it was really dark and said, okay, was I entertained? Oh, that's not the right word. I was gripped. You know, I was sucked into the movie for sure. Then I've only seen it maybe a handful of times now over the past few years. And I come back to it every now and then because I do want to see this sort of survival story, which is what it is. And I'll play the trailer here in case you don't know it. And I always look for new ways to either interpret or feel better about the movie. And I'll explain that here in a second. Let me go ahead and play the trailer for everybody who is not familiar with the movie The Grey. A job at the end of the world. I work security at protecting men from the dangers they cannot see. There's not a second goes by when I'm not thinking of you in some way. Going home, guys. Let's keep it moving. freeze to death. Somebody will find us. They gotta know that plane went off the radar. Nobody's gonna find us. Not here. We figure out what way is south, and we start walking. This will be one of those wild stories you tell at a party. <laughs> what is it? Get up, get up. Don't move. Stay right back at him. If we can get to that tree line, we can better defend ourselves. Get go! Go! Hold on! You gotta be kidding me. We could climb down. If we follow the river, we got a better chance of finding shelter. How are we gonna deal with this? We take them on, one at a time. I want to see your face. Feel your hands in mine. Don't stop! Yeah, came out in 2011, and I think it is a it's a pretty good movie, pretty solid. And you know, I think I'm going to have to say it is a bonfire recommended movie. Bonfire approved, because it's, it's gritty. There's a lot of swearing, <laughs> so if you're not all too upset by a lot of swearing in a movie, then you're fine. Uh, there's violence, yes, because they're fighting wolves. You know, they're in Alaska trying to fly back home. They get in a plane crash. A few survive, and they're trying to survive the elements and the injuries that they already sustained from the plane flight. And then, one by one, the wolves are finding them and trying to uh, eat them alive. <laughs> and some are. So, yeah, naturally, it's a violent movie. But as you're sitting there watching and thinking, you go, Oof, I mean, what would I do if I were in that situation? That's what I do with these movies. I try to put myself in the character's shoes and think, what would I be doing? What would I be saying? And throughout the movie, it's actually very negative. And a lot of the characters say they're atheist, saying like, well, there's no hope. Why are we doing this? We should just die. Why? And yet they don't want to kill themselves, but they think, 
you know, like there's no hope. And that their life has been a waste this whole time. And now they're just going to die in the wilderness and then that's it. Okay. Obviously very negative <laughs> and depressing. You think, oh, jeez, Debbie Downer, we're trying to survive here. Uh, but they can't really think that because if they did understand, well, there's nothing, uh, nothing out there, nothing to live for. And they're all kind of depressed men. A lot of them are with their job. They think their job sucks. They don't really have anybody that they're close with. They don't have anybody that they love. You think, well, then why don't you just roll over and die? Put yourself out of it. But nobody wants to kill themselves. And it's funny, the atheist one even says, oh, I want to live. So I liked how the character, even though he said he was atheist, was very much, no, I want to live. It's very guttural (laughs) that he knows he wants to live. He may not know why, but deep down, he knows he needs to stay alive and that it is better to be alive than to just roll over. It is better to fight than to just roll over and die. So one of the themes of this movie was never giving up. You think everything that's happened to them so far and how it keeps piling on, you just give up and say, well, what's the point? What's their hope? We are going to lose. Let's just die now rather than later. Um, you know, and that's not giving anything away. They're all saying that the whole time, thinking, why do we keep going? We don't know where civilization is. Who's to say that going in this direction is the right way to go? What if we went that way? And so decisions have to be made, and they wonder what... Uh, what are we doing out here? Why did this happen to me? I like how this movie was able to entertain those sorts of themes and discussions that I like to have with uh, you know friends and family every now and then. Not every day, but it is. I like to think about that thing. Say like, you know what? Even if crap hits the fan, sh- is it better? Is it right to give up, or should you keep going even though you have a point zero 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 one percent chance of surviving? Whatever. There's going to be people who say, yeah, you never give up, period. And there will be people who say, well, you can give up maybe at this point. I have a line that I draw where it's like, okay, well, now it's just not worth the effort or X, Y, Z. Okay. I like those kinds of discussions because it gives you an insight into the person's psyche, into their mind on how they think. So in this movie, all the characters, despite what they're saying, still have this very instinctual desire to survive and keep going despite crap that keeps happening to them so i like that that they kept going and apparently <laughs> which i read here on uh you know the wikipedia page that apparently there was a scene after the credits i never knew that and like i said i'd seen this movie for years i've had it since you know 2011 2012 but I never, I never knew it was there. So, <laughs> shoot, I'm going to have to go home now, take out the DVD, and just go to the end just to see that final scene. Because I didn't even know it was there. And that's interesting. Interesting, interesting. So there you have it. Bonfire recommended and approved The Grey with Liam Neeson. Go check it out if, you know, violence and swearing is not a problem for you. Then, yeah, you can sit through about a two-hour movie of... Yeah... Yeah, some darkness. You think like, oof, man, this is intense. It is intense. It is certainly not for kids. So if you're a kid and you're listening to my show, what are you doing? (laughs) Uh, I mean, watch it if you want. That's your business. I don't recommend it for everybody. So if you don't mind a little depressed narrative that's pretty negative and you don't mind swearing and violence, then go right ahead. Bonfire recommended to that degree. This is The Bonfire, on demand, on the Blaze Radio Network.
Don't miss Pat and Stu. And then something else blew up on them, right? Yes, the uh, top of their top-loaded brand-new washing machines. Yeah. A number of them have been exploding. The top has been blasting off of them. What what is going on at Samsung? I'll just tell you, mine has not exploded yet. I mean, I make sure my wife is in there watching it when it's on. (laughs) You Uh, have one, then, Yes. Pat and Stu, weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. This is... The Bonfire, on demand, on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, final segment of the day. Basically, sort of a life lesson. If you don't know something, don't be ashamed to admit it. So here we go. I do not know electrical work. Like electrical work at your house. (laughs) Because years ago, in another house that I was living in, I successfully somehow managed to go to the living room, take out the, not the wall socket, take out the the light switch and swap it with a dimmer, you know? So instead of just a simple flip on, flip off, decided to add a little dimmer situation to the living room. That way, you know, you could have a nice dimly lit room when you're in the mood for that or just turn it up to full volume when you needed to. So somehow I managed to do that without you know, knowing anything and without any problems. So with that courage and that precedent that had been set before, I decided here in my new house, which I've been in here for a year, but still decided, you know what? I don't have a dimmer in my room. So now I'm going to go buy me one and then I'll just swap out the uh, light switch with this one. And (laughs) I am, I'm in the room. I take it out. Everything's going fine. I think, oh, I've done this before. I know what I'm doing. I start to try to attach the dimmer, and I'm kind of reading the directions this time. I want to make sure, hey, is there anything I might have missed last time? I feel like I didn't install it properly, even though it worked out. This time, let's go ahead and see if we can't uh, get it done 100%. So I read the directions and got a general idea and thought, okay, this kind of makes sense. Let's go ahead and start start working. And uh, <laughs> I did not turn off the power, you know, the, the, uh, the box to that part of the house. And I got shocked. <laughs> oh, man, that was that was not funny in the moment, you know, the milliseconds that it was happening. But after the fact, <laughs> I just started laughing my ass off. I thought it was funny because I realized, whoa, you don't know what you're doing. Why are you doing this? And so I put the old one back on. And now I have a dimmer that's just sitting in my garage that one day I'll figure out where to put it and how to do it. So that was a uh, that was a good lesson learned there. That I don't know electrical work. I like home improvement. I can do things around the house. I'm generally handy, but not with electrical work. And plumbing, I probably also can't do that. I could try, but that's just not, not something you really, you want to screw up. Because if you start messing around with it, and then all of a sudden you have leaks, you think, well, oh, I didn't have a leak before. Now I do. Now I have a problem. Now I have to go spend more time and now money to probably get a plumber to really do it right the first time. Same thing with electrical work. You try to do it yourself to say, well, I don't need an electrician. I can do it myself. I'll save some money. And, you know, it's all about self-sufficiency. You want to be able to do it yourself to say, hey, I know these things. I'm useful. I can be productive. But when it comes to those things, they're kind of important and anything can go wrong. It's not so simple as, oh, I uh, replaced a doorknob. Okay. There's not really a whole lot that can go wrong there. But electrical work, yeah, if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to get a little shock. Now, this wasn't super intense not like I almost died 
it was like a little little jolt that kind of I didn't notice at first and then realized, wait a minute, I'm being shocked right now. So <laughs> it's the weirdest feeling because then you kind of drop whatever's in your hands and you kind of freak out for a second, make a face like, oh my gosh, I know what's happening. And you try to back away from the, you know, the outlet or the uh, light switch because you're worried, hey, I, I don't want to die here. And is that, was that likely to happen? No, I don't think so. It's just a light switch. But still, the emotions are all there. <laughs> you're just kind of do, 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 do. Uh, you know, like, oh, I got this. I, oh! You just kind of get shocked and you kind of take a deep breath and then it gets really hot and you're like, oof, okay. So you didn't get hot because you got shocked by, you know, a million volts of electricity. No, you just freaked yourself out and then you started to sweat and be like, oof, okay. Calm down, take a deep breath. Nothing happened. You're fine. Just put the old one back on and call it a day. Don't be, don't be jumping into this. So there you go. There's the bonfire lesson of the week. Um, if there's something you don't know how to do, don't be ashamed to admit it. Especially if it's something like electrical work. Because that stuff can be nasty if you don't do it right. <laughs> so there I go for taking the initiative, trying to do something nice for my house. But it came back to bite me. But now I know. Now I know. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Bonfire Podcast this week once again. I, uh, I'm i very proud to say that the newblaze.com is finally making all the tweaks and the renovations that it needs to be a more functional and just a pretty site for you to be able to find the videos, articles, podcasts that you want. I do hope to have the bonfire show up more often on that website. That way, these kinds of things can be uh, heard more often. I want people to hear about The Gray with Liam Neeson and why they should see it. And, you know, this article by David Kadavi <laughs> and about procrastination, you know, those are kind of the more day-to-day issues that people face regularly, okay? Yes, ISIS is a problem, and politics is important. We just don't want to talk about it here. There's a time and a place for it. So there are other things, yes, but I think it's also important to have some variety, have a little balance, and discuss other issues that people face more regularly on here's a movie you should see or here's a movie that you should not see because it's going to do this to you. Or if you want to be this type of person, I encourage you to go read this book and start making some new habits. Whatever. Life and culture, entertainment, those are, I think, more at the forefront of people's minds than politics. And no matter where you are, I don't care who you are in terms of politics, but it's certainly very nasty. And you know what? It always will be. It's not like it's more acute now than ever before. No. Things were pretty bad for Lincoln and Douglas back in the day, okay? Or Jefferson and Adams. doesn't matter who you are or when. Politics is politics, and it's always nasty, and <laughs> there's a lot of bitching. So, you come to the bonfire, you don't get any of that. You're good. You get to have some other issues. You get to have stupid stories like, hey, don't do your own electrical work unless you know what you're doing. Otherwise, you're going to get shocked. That's funny. And that's useful freaking information for someone on a regular basis. I digress. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Bonfire is there. And, of course, the main website, bonfirethoughts.com. We are trying to write some more short stories, original pieces, some commentary, some movie reviews. You know, like Arrival. That was a great movie I saw a couple weeks ago. And there you have it. That is what Bonfire gives you. Andrew Herzog, out. This is the Bonfire. On demand on the Blaze Radio Network.